This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs win the World Series. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. And they just... And they just released this pitcher who the Padres signed and is going to start this weekend against the Cardinals in a extremely pivotal three game series. Yeah. Well, like I said, you might be the only 500 club standing. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, the and only one your... I'll give a you know, I'll give a break to is the Padres, is because basically they just <laughs> the team physically fell apart. Just... Yeah. To, to your but, point, though, uh, I mean, even if the Cardinals win the World Series, and you know. Uh, I mean, of course, I'd be thrilled. Uh, you know, there's they still are and have been 500 team this year, and and that that would not, uh, I mean, be a great thing. Even if they make the playoffs, eh, you know, it'd be okay. Hey, but, if, um, if they go 500, not... the next, you know, if they win nine more games, I think they get 84. I get, I would bet is probably that number. Yeah, which is the way things have gone this year. I'd take 84 in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, you know, but they still doesn't paper over the fact they, they've got a they've got some moves to make in the offseason. As St. Louis legend of uh radio and uh local network sports, Doug Vaughn says, if you get hot, you can win this baby. <laughs> it was his <laughs> They made this radio show made T-shirts of this saying during the 19 playoff, the cup run. And it, all it said was, if we can just get hot, we can win this baby. Cause he like, he's one of those, he's got like this really dry sense of humor and he tries to make fun of everybody with the cliche things. And then all of a sudden one of the cliche things just took off for him. And it was, it was funny. That's what makes you wonder now you look at management and go, why didn't they do more? We'll okay. talk about we'll talk about those okay. those trades. We'll talk about those couple guys. I got them on my list. We're going to look at their splits. Yeah, I mean they're. I mean, right now they're they're the best. Of the, you've got the Dodgers, the Giants, and the, and and the Brewers, and then of everybody else, the Cardinals are probably <laughs> the best. But there's a big gulf between those three teams and everybody else. So the question, the question I wanted to start the baseball discussion with, has a pitcher ever won the MVP and not won the Cy Young? I didn't look this up. I would assume the answer is no. I would assume if they won the MVP, they won the Cy Young. Yeah, I mean, well, that's – but that's – that's a good question. Well, his question is: Has a has a pitcher ever won the MVP? Kershaw did. Yeah, yeah. The point being is, where are the Cardinals without Adam Wainwright? The definition of MVP is the most valuable player to your team. The Cardinals are sitting near the Pirates and Cubs without Wainwright. Now, I know he's not going to win it. I'm not saying, but like, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you, you go back to who, what's most valuable. You know, that, that's been bastardized over the years. Yeah, Even like A Rod went. A Rod went in when the Rangers finished dead last in the league in two thousand one. Well, you, Andre Dawson did that with the yeah. Cubs. Andre yeah. Dawson, yeah. And he was he was the best <laughs> player in the league. There was no that year. There's no question about it. He was surrounded by idiots, but he was he was the best player in in the league. You know who hasn't been a Cy Young contender this year? Hugh Darvish. We're going to talk about him too, right off the hop. All right, how many pitchers have won the MVP? Well, you're right about uh, Wainwright, though. I mean, w- without him, we're going to get mean, there. There's more. There's more to this discussion. That's why I threw it out there because it's yeah. going to be. I'm going to dig in on a stance here, here in a little bit, and we'll see. But well, this so will, this, will, this will give you something with the MVP award. Just take this away for a second. Babe Ruth only won it once. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Lou, how what ludicrous is, is that? Is did that Lou Gehrig win it twice in that run of Murderer's Row? Well, I, I, have, I didn't go any farther looking at that. Oh. I, this is somebody questioning the, you know, how the voting goes in the MVP when, when basically one of your top three players of all time won at once. <laughs> so, and you figure he was the original Shotani. Well, here, yeah. here's so the most MVPs ever won in by one player is Bonds at seven. The second most and the third most sit with three. And I know uh, uh, as Chicago fans, you're not going to like to hear this, but it's Stan Musial and Albert Pujols. Really? Yep. Wow. With three? Tied with Mantle, Rodriguez, Schmidt, Fox, and Barra. Yeah, Barra had somebody was on the other night with him. He he has awards out the wazoo, boy. I'll tell you. Well, he's yeah. got what fifteen rings. <laughs> yes, oh, ten playing and ten playing and five coaching, I think. But yeah, I so mean, that's when you said the MVPs. The only ones I right came in right off the top of my head was like Frank Robinson and you know some of the guys would get one one in each league. Yeah, so that's the those are who have won it the most. Bonds was seven, and then there's a. Oh, sorry, I missed DiMaggio in that list of three also. So Mantle, so. How many Yankees? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, right? So Ted Williams only won it twice. Willie Mays only won it twice. Hank Aaron once. Lou Gehrig won it twice. Oh, I also missed Mike Trout. He's a three-time winner. So your three-time winners are Musial, Pujols, Trout, Mantle, DiMaggio, A-Rod Schmidt, Fox, Barra. Boy, a lot of Yankees there. Whew. And, uh, well, this one's way down the list. So, Baseball Reference categorized it as the the number that they got that year for their voting shares. So, Roy Campanella won it three times also. He's just – every time he won it, it was by a very slim margin. His biggest win was uh, 2.8%. But he's won it three times. How many did Miguel Cabrera? You know, he's he only was... got two. He lost when he he won the triple crown and lost it to Trout. Yeah, how uh, that... yeah. how do you win the triple crown and not get the MVP? <laughs> Frank <laughs> Frank Thomas too. Yeah, Frank, Frank Thomas back to back. Yeah, Frank Robinson too. 
Um, Looking at like each, I feel like Ichiro should have been up there. Roger too. Hornsby too. Ichiro, I think, won Rookie of the Year and MVP the same year, and then never did it again. Never did it again. But so from great players to the complete downroll spiral that is Hugh Darvish. Um, can you name a more? Can you name any name that has uh, been more affected by probably when you actually look at the numbers? The uh, foreign substance rule that was put in on June 21st, then Hugh Darvish. Oh, do you have splits? Oh, yeah. Here's his month to month. April, three wins, 2.13 ERA, 49 strikeouts, 38 innings pitched, a 172 average, and a whip 0.89. May, two wins, 2.2 ERA, 30 strikeouts, 28.2 innings pitched, Average two point or two nineteen, whip nine point eight. June he made three starts in June and then got hurt. Two and one, three oh seven ERA, thirty six strikeouts, twenty nine point one, or four starts. Sorry, twenty nine point one innings, average one point nine eight, whip nine five. July, zero wins, four losses, ERA seven point three six. But that's after coming back from the injury, though, right? I mean, that's after not being able – June 21st was the rule. And then, yeah, so it's – yeah. yeah. Uh, average, 272. His whip went up to 1.32. In August, two losses, zero wins. ERA, 6.32. Uh, average, 246. Whip, 1.09. <laughs> and in September, one win, two losses – ERA of 9.95 with an average of 309 and a 1.74 whip. Tell me a guy. Yeah, coincidence. (laughs) He had all these balls that were moving all over the place a couple years ago, and then all of a sudden. Yeah, because he had like what, like twelve pitches or something. They all did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a slider swerve up shoot. Yeah. Look, he was no. He was no. What was it, Matsuzaku or what was his name? And Dice K Matsuzaku, who brought the gy- the gyro ball. Oh yeah. There's one other part that goes along with the U Darvish one though. Has anybody else been more affected by? Okay, let's put it, the pressure and the limelight of, of a pennant race. Yeah. The yeah. U Darvish. Well, think about it. Uh, so last year he was, if I'm not mistaken, he had a very good year. Oh, but. But there was nobody. There were nobody. There were no people in the stands. Yeah. Um, he bought him. He probably yeah. should have been a side young last, right? And yeah. he was in a discussion all year. Yeah, and then fun. now all of a sudden uh, this year, a lot of ex- expectations for the team. After he comes from the off the table, he did well. When they needed mm-hmm. him to do well, he, he, yep. he did that. Yep. I don't think. I don't think a spike of five runs and a almost doubling the ERA or the average against. <laughs> His nerves as much as it is, he doesn't have, and it coincidentally comes July, August, September after the sticky stuff band. And it's consistent too. It's not like you know he had a bad month and then he got a little. No, it's just getting (laughs) skyrocketing. Can you imagine paying that guy? What is he getting? Twenty-two mil? Something like that. A lot. Yeah, he's for another couple of years too. I think he's got two years left. I believe. 
Well, any good any good news when it comes out of that one was either that or somebody guessed right on that one. Three of those guys that we got from them are in our top ten prospects now because they were real young when when they came over. Who needs so, prospects and Cubs? Didn't the Cubs eat a bunch of a salary? They're still paying it, right? I believe. No, they just I sent. Think. I think they sent. Oh no, they gave it away and they didn't get as good prospects. Yeah, they get. They yeah they uh no I think they covered like. I want to say it was 10 mil. I think the Cubs, the Cubs sent 10 mil with them. Yeah, if we could send 10 mil with Hayward somewhere, I'd be all set. Yeah, it's going to take a lot more than 10 mil. <laughs> yeah. oh, there's no there's no Rockies on the other end for you guys. I can't find anybody that won the Cy Young or won the MVP did not win the Cy Young. Yeah, I, w- I would assume that would that's never happened because well, – I found the Cy Young and MVP winners. Yeah, Kershaw – I want to say Verlander in 20, 20, 20, uh, 14 maybe. Well, it went a long way between the International League between Kershaw and the guy before that was Bob Koufax. Gibson. Oh, Gibson. Okay, I was thinking. <laughs> right. I was thinking Koufax was in there before Gibson. In after. the American, the American League was Vita Blue. Vita Blue. Yeah. So yeah, the Gibson year was the year that. Changed baseball forever. They lowered the mound after 68. Yeah. And it's 1.79 ERA for a whole year. Well, no, no, it was 1.12. Was it 1.2? One, Maybe the one, second two. half was 179 or something. Because or no, the one. Fergie Jenkins that year was 1.95 and he wasn't close to win. That's right. Yeah. That's what it was. It was <laughs> the year that the reason I know why that number was stuck in my head. The year that. Flaherty was in 2019 getting compared to Gibson. He had a 1.79 in the second in, in half. In the second the half. Yeah, 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 in the yeah. second half mm-hmm. of the year. That's what it was. Yeah. What was that? There was that year Arietta. Did Arietta win the Cy Young? Was it 20? Yeah, he did 15. 2015. 2015. And what was his ERA? I mean, God, it was it was like it was 191, I think. I think it was like, – oh, I thought he finished like 191 or something like that. He, I think he did finish under two, but he was barely over one for the second half. So like the whole, yeah, okay, it was the second half. That's right, yeah. Because I remember him just, I was like, unbelievable what he was doing. What he oh, what ERA ERA ended in two in 2015 was one seven nine or one seven seven. One seven seven. Two hundred twenty nine innings pitched, Cy Young, and he received six MVP votes. That, yeah, that man. Or finish. Sorry, finish sixth in MVP votes. Okay. That's that's a that's a close one there. So, uh, Dave made a comment about some of the guys they got back at trades from the Dodgers or from the Padres. From the Padres. Um, who needs prospects when you can go out and get a guy like Jay Happ and John Lester? <laughs> yeah. Well. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you ride you ride that horse. We'll have another conversation soon, I'm sure. So but but realistically, what they're what they're doing isn't quite like how the hell Dave Duncan used to pull a, ma- a rabbit out of a hat and create the magic he created. Yeah. But it's it's not far off. So here's the splits. Hap in Minnesota was Five wins, six losses, six point seven seven ERA. Because they played the White Sox and they lit, a, up, they lit them up every single time. <laughs> with a three with a three oh six ERA and a one 
0.59 whip with the Cardinals. He's two and four with a, because he had a blow up start last time with 4.8 ERA with a 243 average and a 1.24 whip. So that's a decent chunk better. And I mean, for the Cardinals, what they did, what we'll get to Lester here in a bit, but what for the Cardinals, what Hap and Lester have done is just stabilized innings. Yeah, they get like, them innings. I mean, that's, you know, that's, and, that's, that's you, I mean, know. you also yeah. have to remember, like you mentioned, and it's worked out to be that way. The Cardinals' schedule, starting back a few weeks ago and stuff, and going through the end of the year, pretty easy schedule for the most part and stuff. Let's see. Oh no, no, we were rated as the, the eighth hardest schedule from September on. Hey, because we played. What you have, what you have remaining, isn't really that. I mean, because we have Brewers seven games. Time. We have seven games with the Brewers still. We had three with the Dodgers, oh, three with no, the Padres. Okay. But you haven't played the, Bre- the Brewers. Are still coming. No, we played. We and start of September, we had I think twelve games with them. We've already played them two more series. We played them two series in early April and didn't play them the rest of the eighteen yeah, long, long time. until yeah. September first. Wow. Yeah, it was. That would that's the only reason is because the Brewers have been hot. Like if you took out the Brewers and subbed in a couple, like we were done with the Pirates by and we had three games with the with the Reds and done with the Pirates by September first inside the division. But without the Brewers, yeah, it would have been it would have been a lot smoother or easier of a schedule. Um, and at this point in the season, though, me got seven with the Brewers, but. You know they're they're probably my hope is, on the IL or whatever. And, well, my and hope is they're lining up their pitchers, so they're not really. That's exactly it. Well, because we don't face them that last series, right? When they it's might be like, trying to, we play the Cubs the last series. They, when they might be trying to ramp it up for the ne- for a week to be ready for the playoffs, we get them that four games before and three games before that, to where maybe they have the division wrapped up and they're. Just going through the motions, and you get you get to split with them, and then there's half of your nine wins right there because you're splitting, you know, seven. Yeah, they, I mean, they, I tell you what, they they have to me the best three starting pitchers of anybody going into the playoffs. They have no. Do hitting. they? But do they? They don't have the numbers win wise, which I don't understand. No. Not win wise because they can't score any runs. You can't win if you don't score. Well, it's also because it's also because. It's also because council loves the whole two times around and you're done. Yeah, they're they're I mean they're pathetic as far as the other stuff. I mean, you know they're a strong enough bullpen. Their pitching staff is going to be hard for anybody to handle in the playoffs. Oh yeah, I, yeah. yeah. They don't have to go to four and five. I mean it's you know so it gets uglier when you go to four and five up there. But well, it's like they had the no hitter. Yeah. They can go Corbin Burns for six innings and then bring in Hater for three. You're, you're done. Yeah. Yeah, lights out. Yeah. They're gonna be a, they're gonna be a handful. If, if they can actually hit with anybody and stuff, yeah, they, they get they, any hitting, any hitting. Yeah. I mean, early. I mean, Yelich is still struggling. I mean, and they, you, you look at you know what they've got in there, and it ain't much. Boy, I'll tell you. No. I mean, I, I know halfway through the year when he could because the Cubs got off to that this unbelievably god awful start, Manny average wise. The only team behind us was the Brewers. You know, I mean, they they were worse than we were, and we were getting ready to launch everybody off the team. Yeah, the only, I mean, realistically, the thing that saves the Cardinals, just like we've talked, like I've been preaching for 
I don't know, a little over a month was the fact that they got to play some of these teams that they were trying to chase down and some of those teams that they're chasing down have not been playing good baseball. Or in the case of the Padres, at the start of September, they still have eight games left with the Giants and they're just finishing a three-game series with them. They had 11 games with the Giants and they had nine games with the Dodgers from September on. Yeah, they, they had a they have a brutal last month. Like, like yeah. that's the only saving grace. And then the fact that you were less than a series away from the Reds and you played them six times and you could maybe chase them down. Like I look at that Reds lineup top to bottom when, when you play them and you can't understand how the fuck they're losing. And you just yeah. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. I mean, they don't field well, they don't run the bases well. And some well, of their pitchers just you know, they like the Sunny Grays or you know, they they no hit you for four innings, and that one inning comes up that just bites them in the ass all the time. You know, I, I know because they keep talking. You know, when Gray was you know on the free agent market, I mean, it's been his mo forever. It's like the guy's he's good if you could pick which innings you want, <laughs> but he finds a way to lose. But the rest of that team. They should just be raking everywhere. Yeah. I mean, like I said, so looking at the schedules, right? So the Reds, tell me, tell me if you guys feel this with me. The Reds play, have eight with the Pirates, three with the Dodgers, three with the Nationals, or four with the Nationals, and two with the White Sox. Maybe nine wins. I mean, they're losing to the Pirates right now. How many of those are on a on a row? What's What's the Reds' road record? Let me pull that up. I actually, I have... actually think that Great American Ballpark is not a, as big a benefit for them as no, because as it's a band be. box for everybody. That see, that's it. I mean, you go to some of these other states; these teams can't hit there. The Reds can still hit there. It doesn't so, matter where you are. So the Reds on the road are five hundred thirty-seven and thirty-seven. Yeah. They're yeah. thirty-eight and thirty-three at home. They have. Let's see, today, two, three, four, five, six, seven games on the road and nine games at home. But three of those games are against the Dodgers at home. Yeah, see, to play the Dodgers at home is not – I'd rather – if I was the Reds, I'd rather play them in, in L.A. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but like I said – L.A., you're not going to hit them at home. They're, well, to, to be only five games up at home in that park, yeah, you're. What's the Cubs' home record? So the Cubs, here you go. I got everybody. I have it everywhere. So the Cubs' home record, thirty nine and thirty six on the road. They're twenty seven and forty three. Okay, so they're almost the same home record as the Reds. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals played a month and a half with with everybody gone. I was going to say, so the the Cardinals have played one less game than the Reds. They're thirty nine and thirty three at home and thirty six and thirty six on the road. I mean, it's, it's like you said, Great American Ballpark is not is is not the benefit attributed to. But so you got those that, and then like I said, the Padres have eight still left, eight games with the Giants, three <laughs> games with three games with the Dodgers, three with the Cardinals, and four in Atlanta. They won't finish five hundred. I'm saying like. Even if they get like I did, I have like a little formula set up. Even if they go ten and eight, if the Cardinals go nine and nine, they tie and they 
go on to play in a while. The Padres ain't going ten and eight. Well, that I'm saying like that's (laughs) Matt. That's scheduled or that even earlier in the year. The only thing that might happen is the Dodgers and Giants go down to the wire that last weekend when they play the Giants for the three games. The Giants just clinch it and then they set up the rotation. So they so they steal two, but it's finding eight more wins is going to be tough. And then I'm not really worried about the Phillies or the Mets. No, you shouldn't be. That's why I said that that whole middle of the group in there, it's a clusterfuck. I mean, and, and the Mets find ways to lose. I want to see what happens with them at the end of the year because I, their payroll is outrageous to begin with, and they're not a good team. So, are they going to spend more money and be worse? So, I did see this stat on MLB Network, and I thought this was kind of a telling stat for franchise history. Winning percentage since 1990 in September on at 529 is the Giants. They're fourth. 537 for the Braves is third. 550 for the Dodgers is second. <laughs> and at 559 are the Cardinals. There it is. <laughs> Big and deep. No, but no, no, no. I mean, they, they, they popped it up because really realistically what they're talking about was if you look, go back to like some of those times that, the Braves always choked it away, but they got to, you know, the world, but like when the giants won their three world series in 2010, 12 and 14, they got hot through September and then were able to carry it on. And then they referenced the Cardinals in 06 and 11, that same way. I was going to say the Cardinals snuck into the playoffs. a couple in 11. Years. Yeah. yeah. And they were, they were midway through yeah. August, just like now we were eight back of, Actually, of, I think it was, of the Padres. Oh, and what year are you talking about? This year. This year we were eight back oh, of the oh, Padres. Oh, this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Eight back of the Padres on August 17th or something yeah. like that. And, I mean, not saying – I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, it's just weird how this – how true that stat is about, like, it's not about how great you are. It's about how good you're playing at that time. But – it's a, uh, a little bit about the White Sox. I just I feel like it's up and down. I mean, they've been playing decent lately, but it's I don't know. I mean, sometimes they just let it go, you know. And I, have, I, just, I don't have got, that feeling of like, hey, we're gonna just roll. You got a you got a manager that's been there before. Yeah. The White Sox, the team that you have right now, reminds me a lot of the 0-4 Cardinals. They were so down it. They finished with 105 wins or whatever it was, and. Lost, they got swept by the Red Sox of the team of destiny, but right, yeah. they were they were the team that pen to paper should have, you know, well, should have won. I think that's what you guys have, and Larusa knows how to navigate that. Right? You know what, what's going to be interesting though about the White Sox and just about every one of these teams uh, leading their division, with the exception of uh, uh, the Giants, because. Uh, and the Giants, it's not comfortable, but, you know, uh, the, the Dodgers have a shot. But the rest of them, they've just been coasting, you know. And 
And you turn it on when you when you need it, you know. That's, yeah, so that's that was interesting. That was the point that, that that stat the MLB was that threw out there through the percentages in September since the 90s. That was what they were trying to prove. I was, was listening like, to I was out at lunchtime driving around and Steve Stone was on the score. And he was talking about what concerns him the most. One was like either either first or second in the major leagues and hitting in a double plays. Is it which is a just a huge concern that the team speed is just not what it should be. And um, you know, you, you're gonna be facing better pitchers. That that was a concern. He did although he did have one funny one. He said when he saw the Aloy going back for that ball yesterday by the wall, he kept going, geez, how many weeks are left for me to get, to get healthy and get me for after he gets hurt? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the number one play on top ten ESPN, uh, you know, sports, whatever. So I, he was waiting to see him laying on the ground. <laughs> he jumps at the wall, and it's like, oh, and he had his ankle like twisted in. I was like, mm. <laughs> he, lays, he lays on the ground, and he kind of puts his hand up, like, oh god. But yeah, that was you know that that was it a little bit. I mean, Sheets has given him a little bit of a left-handed hitter and stuff like that, yeah. but yeah, it's. They still kick the ball around too much. Yeah, it's defense and the the team speed on double plays is very very. And the biggest thing is your, your pitchers got to be healthy. Yeah. Well, this last series against the Red Sox was a, was a fun one to watch though too. I don't know if you guys caught any of that, but um, it it just felt. I mean, the the stands were packed. It felt like a playoff game. Uh, went into over you know extra innings in the second you know whatever we lost. It was in the tenth or eleventh inning. But we ended up pulling out the series as a whole, so two out of three. It was it was a good one, but I just you know there's been too many that have been. You bring in the who should be the best closer, Kimbrel, Hendricks, whoever I don't care, and they just don't look good. They can't. Get they the both have given up a lot of lot of home. That was it. He had mentioned that I think about a week ago. The number of home runs. Yep. That the two of them, for as good as they are, mm-hmm. uh, they give up way too many home runs. You mm-hmm. know stuff like that. Although you broke Kimbrel, he was great. He was good when we gave him to you. I know. But it helped when we had, you know, a career minor leaguer get a grand slam off of him at Wrigley. <laughs> you know? but we'll see when the, when the lights get bright and the playoffs and everything's going, you know. I, well, he's been there before. He, so Yeah, you can't, you can't beat that experience. He's been there, more know, than, just... been there more than Hendricks has. I mean, so. Yeah, he closed us out in 2013. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's what he, you're one of a number of teams. So if you, yeah. you look at his, I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he, he's good when he gets to that period of time. I, I would expect him to be the same. You know, so, but who knows? I mean, it's, the one team I don't want to see, though, and I'm, I'm really happy that they're just outside is the Yankees. I, I don't want to, I don't want to play them. I just, that lineup they have is it's too it's 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 gruesome. And there's another thing when they're healthy, they they streak like you can't believe, but they can't stay healthy either. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I don't want to play either Blue Jays, Red Sox either. But I, I, don't, I definitely don't want to see the Yankees. So. Well, the Yankees can make up that ground today with the win against Baltimore, and they're up two one, so they could be tied with the Red Sox. Which... That'll be interesting to see how it goes. <laughs> could you imagine that? A like if the if if the Yankees win right now, and every team goes five hundred from there on out, how does that? How do they determine 
the wild card setup when you have three teams tied for the wild card. Like it's not just one playing game. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's, it's one in one. It happened to one year, wasn't it? Yeah, it did. No, 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 no. It happened. It happened to you guys with you got the Cubs lost the division to the Brewers and yeah, then lost the wild card play in. Yeah. Cause you had but, to do, they had to determine who won the division first. Yeah. And then lost the wild card play in to then have the Rockies go to the pl- actual wild card playing game. But I'm saying if, Right now, if the Yankees win tonight, you have Toronto, Boston, and the Yankees all tied for the three, the two wild card spots. Nobody's got an upper hand. Then how do you do it? It'll shake out a little round rob. I'm just saying, if you feel like it, or is it, what, who, what's the what's the schedule against each? You know who has the better record? But that's not what if. What if that's all? What if the Blue Jays have beat the Yankees more? The Yankees have beat the Red Sox more. The Red Sox have beat the shit like. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but so home run derby though. So do we all come <laughs> to the conclusion is is it Garrett Cole's to lose right now? Yeah. Yeah, it was when he threw what 15 strikeouts and you know. I mean it's also he's in New York, right? I mean, all right, here we like, here we go, Rick. If three or four teams tied for the same divisions league. Well, this is one of three teams tied for the major league uh, uh, wild card. The AB winner will host the CD winner to determine a division title. The loser of this of this day two game will earn a wild card spot. If fourteen, he actually has said four teams are tied. Also, they play, they play two are, separate. They play two separate games. Yeah, two separate yeah. playing. But then, like, so how do you how do you Determine who plays who there. Like, is it run differential or something? Yeah, that's what <laughs> they probably have to go to stats. I would think because you can't, yeah, you can't play two games. No, in baseball, third game is a no, wild. in baseball, it's like how many the, the team that has the most 300 or 30 home run guys is the top seed. <laughs> Some obscure stat like that. Jesus. Here's the NFL way that I'm looking to see if they have MLB. Well, the NFL way is like records against or division records against division records and then if they're if after head-to-head type of stuff like it's they actually have it mapped out yeah they got their uh, order of uh if yeah. the north has a better record than the west and those two teams haven't played each other against each other like it's interconference division record type i don't know it's they have it all legaled out a little bit of calculus in there somewhere. yeah but so okay, so Garrett Cole, you think? So then, who's the NL? Well, Wayne Wainwright will get some votes, but he's not going to win it. No, because he's not in LA. Right. But ooh, but with that in mind, do they split votes and then he sneaks up there? Well, so I was going to read off some stats, and you tell me which guy's going to be your NL. Yeah, go. Don't don't say the name. I I'm not. I'm not. No, this is going to be. This is so I'm just gonna look up a couple of yeah, go ahead. No, don't don't look them up. No, I'm not looking up anything. Because I want to see who you guys say, and then I'll tell you who it is. Okay, so but well, you can't first, do wins. Don't do wins. Yeah, yeah, don't do wins because that doesn't well, well. I'm gonna do I'm gonna read their whole line. So the first guy, 14 wins, four losses, ERA 217, 219 strikeouts, 162 innings pitched, 175 ERA, 0.82 whip. All right. Second guy, 17 wins, three losses, 
298 ERA, 175 strikeouts, 1631 inning or 163. and a third innings, 220 average, 1.3 whip. The fourth guy, 10 wins, four losses, 2.25 ERA, 210 strikeouts, 152 innings pitched, 198 ERA, 0.91 whip. The next guy, 14 wins, three losses, 232, 189 in strikeouts, 186 in innings pitched, average 195 whip. 0.95. And the last guy, 16 wins, seven losses, 288, 167 strikeouts, 190 point in a third innings pitched, uh, average 214 and a whip of 103. Yeah, that's a oh boy. Yeah, so is it pretty much a Bueller, Urias, Wayne? So here you go. I'll read them off. Burns the and the uh, way the way I read it to you guys, the fourteen wins with the one seven five point eight two whip is Max Scherzer. Oh, yeah. The seventeen wins with the two point nine eight ERA, the two twenty average, and the one point three whip is Julio Urias. The 10 wins, 2.25 ERA, 152 innings, 198.91 whip is Corbin Burns. Only 152 innings. That's kind of shocking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The 14 wins, three losses, 189 innings, or 186 innings, 189 strikeouts with the 0.95 whip is Walker Bueller. And the last guy, 16 wins, seven losses, the 2.88 ERA with the two point or 2.14 average is Wainwright. Well, you know, with those Dodgers in there, they they might uh, just uh, eat each other, <laughs> you know? I mean, and, is and Corbin Burns the, the lead? Who, who is the lead? I mean, they who, say Scherzer because he's in L.A. and he was the big name trade. Yeah. Well, and he's one. If I remember right, I heard the other day that was every start he's had for the Dodgers, the Dodgers have won. They've won, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, also, yeah. that also looks at their lineup a lot more than you know. I, I don't. I don't disagree, but it's, again, I just look at it like Keith said, right? The the Cardinals for in two thousand nine, in two thousand ten, in two thousand twelve had the thing where it was like. Oh, Wainwright and Carpenter took votes away from each other. So that's why Wainwright only finished second every year. Well, then the Dodgers should take it. And I would very, very much put my foot in the ground and say Adam Wainwright deserves it over Corbin Burns. Let me tell you, the reason why we're here, the reason why some of the Cardinals haven't won is they don't pitch on the coast. Well, yeah, that's that. That's my point too. Because guess what? I'm sorry, but it's that simple. No, no, I know, and that's my point. Because guess what? Those Dodgers aren't going to split votes like they said the Cardinals did back in the days when Carpenter and Wainwright were going for it. It doesn't happen to the Coast guys. That's why it's going to be Garrett Cole. It's going to be Max Scherzer. Those are going to be your winners. Yeah. You know, the Giants. You know, they're not in that team photo. 
Gosman's fallen. Gosman would be, but he's fallen off to where his ERA is now two six five. He's they he's four guys, four guys with more than ten wins. I mean, which yeah. is they're they're all really strong, but you don't have the one that's just walking away. No, I mean, I mean to me, just going on what I know and stuff that's there, I'd probably lean toward Scherzer. I think that's what that's that's who it'll be. I think he's the, I think he's the most dominant pitcher in the National League right now. It's yeah. the big name. It's the big trade. It's LA. It'll be. It'll be Scherzer. And, he's, and, he, and he doesn't lose. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, and all, know, the, I'm, all I'm the stats worried. you read. I mean, there, it wasn't like there was one guy. No, there's no standout guy. So it's it's not you know. No, there's no there's no one in there that. But like here's got his year that he had. There's here's no gonna be the thing. That kind of year. Here's gonna be the thing. You're gonna see the you're gonna see the voting come out, and it's gonna be Scherzer by a landslide. I guarantee it. Because he's the big name Delt and he's in LA. Just like it shouldn't be oh. Garrett, it shouldn't be Garrett Cole by a landslide, but it'll be Garrett Cole by a landslide because he's a Yankee. But some of these reporters, though, I mean, the, the people that have the cyan votes, they're they're very like you know serious about it too. Like some some play that you know the the fun. They're also the- they're also the same people that had one guy not vote Derek Jeter into the Hall of Fame as a first ballot Hall of Fame. I know, right? Because yeah, they wanted I mean, to preserve the history yeah. of it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's some putzes. You can't. Bullets. You can't tell me that. The there's only been I th- what is it three, hundred percent ballots for guys. It was Mariano Rivera, Babe Ruth, and Mantle. I think. Yeah. Like you can't tell me going in Ted Williams, Stan Musial, Griffey. Those guys shouldn't have got a Jeter. Shouldn't have all got a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah, I mean, if you don't vote for those guys, then you shouldn't vote for anybody. Well, like, what's the point of our – is he a Hall of Famer or not? Well, does it matter if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? No, it doesn't. Like, he's a Hall of Famer, yes or no? Who cares if you don't want to vote him on the first time because, well, this guy didn't get in on his first time? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? And See, especially- it's funny because you, you look at the numbers like you present them like that and, and, they, and they beg for the case, you know, that it could be any one of them. You know, for years I, I listened to people put the numbers up for Ron Sano. I went, you know, he should have been at Hall of Fame and stuff like that. And, you know, every year there were a couple assholes like Morgan and stuff like that who, you know, he didn't win a World Series. Well, it's not, you know, not like it was his fucking fault, you know. And, and so, so you keep the guy out and then he dies and then you then you vote him in. You know, that, well, that was the whole thing. The, the shittiest thing I ever saw. It was to go so with, bad. To go bad. with, like, Ted Simmons with St. Louis and Milwaukee. That was the same. Well, he never won. So what? He was the he was the generational catcher at that time as a power hitting switch hitting catcher. Yes, Johnny Bench was the benchmark for D eight or for defensive, but Ted Simmons was the benchmark when it came to an offensive catcher. Whether it was with Harvey's Wallbangers in Milwaukee in eighty two or the Cardinals in the late seventies. I mean, see, that's the whole thing is, but like you said, you got a couple of these people that have votes that are just. There's no reasoning with them. They I think mean, they're God. Uh, yeah. They're they're there to protect the history and the, the yeah, legacy of the game. Themselves, the morons <laughs> and stuff. But I do think it would be it would be fitting if the only year that Wainwright won a Cy Young was a year he probably really shouldn't have won it because <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's 40 years old and yeah. Just and turning out. Yeah, the last yeah. thing you ever 
ever would have. Yeah. You know, that that's what uh, we ought to check. Were, were there any odds on that, uh, on him? No. Him? Oh, I'm sure he wasn't on the list. Wasn't, wasn't on the board, huh? I'm sure not. <laughs> That one dollar would have would have set you right to oh. the fire, man. Right? <laughs> I mean, for him, he's it's weird. He's only gotten better throughout the, the year, too. Well, especially a couple of years ago, you know, uh, I I know. Uh, I mean, I had written him off, and there were times when I was like, "Oh, please, just just right off into the sunset." Yeah, just know? just hang it up. Say there's a shoulder injury, and you're done. And then yeah, and like his year, he's done. This is his month by month ERA: April four point zero eight. May four three five, June two four five, July three two seven, August one four three, September one two eight. Yeah, when was the last time he went less than seven innings? I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he's, well, he's going eight, he's, eight innings regularly. He's, he's second behind Zach Wheeler in, in innings pitched too at forty yeah, years old. It's re- yeah. I just I don't I don't know, but do I think he's going to win it? No. No. That's why I asked the question, though, to start. Has there ever been a pitcher not win the Cy Young to win the MVP? Because you probably have a better case with the national writers to say Wainwright deserves the MVP than they'll give him the Cy Young. Just because he has been, without him, the Cardinals are probably sitting at. Oh, they're. I mean, he's got. Games under 500. Yeah, he's. I was going to say, 15. he's. He's got 16 wins, so they probably maybe get three more well, wins. So we're only nine games behind you. You'd be sitting with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, no, we no, we'd be with the Pirates because you pro- you probably only add three wins of those 16. So you're looking at subtracting, you know, 13 wins. So you're sitting at 62 wins. Like that's right. Is is 62 is yeah. close. Yeah, it's like right on with the Pirates. 50, well, they're 53. Sorry. We'd be with the Marlins. <laughs> Not quite Pirates or Diamondbacks bad. Makes me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of poor performances. Transitioning to the NFL, huh? <laughs> <laughs> So I saw this stat also on uh, Good Morning Football. It's a, it's a morning show on it, the NFL Network. The five highest passer ratings against the Bears defense <laughs> since 1960. 1960. Let's listen to this. Sonny Jurgensen with Washington in 1968 had a 149.3 passer. That's the fifth worst or fifth best. 2014, Aaron Rodgers, 151.2. 1965, John Brody with the 49ers, 152.1. 2015, Teddy Bridgewater when he was a Viking, 154.4. And the number one passer rating since 1960 against the Chicago Bears, 2021, Matt Stafford. 156.1. Which is interesting because I thought that the max you could do on that was 154 point something. So because of the extra game, I don't know. They figured something. Oh, so there's a new new max. Now now the max is 158.3. Oh, okay. 
Uh, here's oh, okay. Form. Yeah, so he, so he wasn't off the far far from the max. The so you're saying he really? That is, I got a feeling Stafford's going to light a few people up this year. Uh, and he's uh, let's face it, what does he have around him his whole career? I mean, really. Yeah, but this goes back to this goes back to what I was saying in preseason with the secondary just. As, yeah. Well, no. God, no, Stafford. I mean, Stafford's probably the best play to. He's like plus, plus like fourteen hundred to win the MVP. He's probably the best money odds to go. Like that's if probably Stafford and that team and replace Goff. Somebody should have an award already. <laughs> somebody should have a trophy already. Well, St. The Rams are too busy losing all these court battles in St. Louis to have any anything going on. They're just they're losing as much as the Rams did on the football field here in the court right now. I mean, so they got, they got other stuff to worry about. I mean, the Bears' defense, you're right. Is I mean, uh, we'll get to the numbers. We'll get to the numbers. It's not good, and, uh, but but it's not it's not so much just the Bears' defense, right? I mean, it's also the kicker's, the kicker's good. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying the Bears' defense isn't the only issue for the Bears. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> I know. No, 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 no. I know. I'm just. I'm just. Well, saying, we right? assumed that everybody assumed somehow the defense wasn't an issue. Yeah, and that's yeah. the mistake that, that I think is going to cost them more than the offense. Because somebody went through the numbers that was on the score, and they had they they gave kind of like you did with the Wainwright with the numbers. They gave like seven or eight sets of of quarterbacking numbers. All right. Uh, over the over the last twelve months, and we one of them turned out to be Breeze. It was about the highest rated guy that that was in there. Most was was the guy who's the leading the Bears quarterback right now when he's with the Cowboys. He actually had a better rating than Red Rifle. What's that? The Red Rifle, uh, Andy Dalton. But it, it was him. They had they gave they they rattled off. A, a number of the other really good quarterbacks and where they were, and it included, uh, you know, our buddy in Seattle, and it included uh, Drew Brees and everybody else. The, the problem the Bears have is they have the best quarterback they've had since they had Cutler, but they don't need him <laughs> because he won't, he's not enough. So here, here's where I was going with that is – the biggest issue is the play calling of Matt Nagy. Without question. Hold on. Hold on. Listen to this. The amount of times. So Matt Stafford went 20 for 26 for 321 yards and three touchdowns. Andy Dalton went 27 for 38 for 206 with one interception that was deflected. Right. right. But Matt Stafford threw. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight times for a, a route greater than 10 yards. Yeah, did, during the game, they uh, highlighted that stat about uh, uh, the length of uh, his uh, passes. And, and it was, uh, yeah. Three that for Andy a, Dalton. Yeah. But, but, here, but here's, the, here's the problem you have. How many seconds was he going to get? At a drop back compared no, because hold on. Here's the next thing I was gonna read. Listen to this one. That bad, right? Like Dalton was. I'm not even. I, I'm over Dalton. Uh, this is the stat that made me mad. 
No, I'm just saying, like, the time in the pocket to throw the passes, I don't think it was that bad. Like, our offensive line. Well, because they yeah, ran yeah, a whole they, lot during most of the field. Montgomery yeah, they didn't get a day. sack until uh, late in the game when uh, Donald uh, uh, got him. Because they actually did run the ball mm-hmm. until they got down to the red zone. Yeah. But, you know, kind of to, to Rick's point, I mean, um, when they their touchdown drive, the one in the third quarter, was it 16 or 18 plays? Something it took nine minutes. Uh, you know, hey, that's great because you keep the ball out of the uh, other team's uh, hands. But you're you know, that's not a recipe for success in the NFL, because first off, you're, you're just not going to get up. You're not going to run that many plays without making mistakes that's exactly we'll we'll talk about the drives here in a second i got yeah. all those because yeah. people want to argue time of possession oh but it doesn't matter yeah, it, it, wasn't, doesn't it wasn't ball control it wasn't a it was yeah it was, no here but here's and here's it was because, it was because your pal your passes were four and five yards long and yeah. <laughs> you were well, going so down he, in such tiny chunks you know who's who's your go-to receiver who would who should be your go-to receiver alan robinson, robinson. okay Allen Robinson ran routes more than five yards five times. The entire game. Yep. The entire yep. game, five times over five yards. That's a, that's a stat. I haven't heard that one. That's an interesting stat. Jeez. Which I'm just looking at this. So what did, so what did NFL, Moody or, or Marquise Goodwin, what did they do? Uh, no, NFL, Goodwin. next next gen stats didn't have them listed. They just had – so they had the two quarterbacks, the two main running backs, one each, and then the top – top receivers for targets. So Cooper Cup had uh, only two routes where he ran under five yards. Yeah. And this yeah. is before he gets the ball. Like, this isn't counting where they got the ball and made and ran for it. Well, I'm sure he's coming back to the, 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 the huddle going, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. <laughs> yeah, we're not even going to talk about the touchdown that, you know, no. either, either the Van Jefferson touchdown where – he rolled on the ground and nobody touched him, or the one where Cooper Cup was open by 25 yards. It's okay, Matt Nagy said that that was a that's a, it's a teaching moment right there. So we're gonna we're gonna get that all fixed up, and you know we'll be yep. good to go come, come uh, Sunday. Patrick, the Patrick Manley had a comment on, on this tour today. Uh, and he basically uh, threw your number one defensive back under under the bus that was there saying. Uh, I'm not saying this is true, but I'm saying there may be some rumors that he's lived a different lifestyle since he got paid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the guy that's out, you know, that's, that was in at 10 o'clock at night during the week before is might be out at 4 o'clock in the morning on Thursday and Friday now and uh, not around and everything else. So, Who could have uh, seen that That's where mental mistakes come from. It, it isn't physical, it's mental. And it's because you're you're no longer football's not your number one priority anymore. Hey, but you know, cut a guy who was making similar money who oh, you knew oh. was proven in Kyle Fuller. Yeah. You know. Who they put on who they made play that his his contract year, they put the speed to the fight. They wanted everything they wanted to cut him so badly. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. And they Yeah, they couldn't get get rid of him quick enough. Yep. And he outplayed everything they wanted and they still let him go. So I mean, at least trade the guy. Get something back. But so here's the other stat that made me mad. I what like so okay, you're not throwing the ball over 10 yards. And David Montgomery on a 16 carries had one time that the carry went outside the tackle boxes, besides the big long run where he took it to the sideline and went. And that was because he tried to bounce it outside. The original run was up the up the tackle. Yeah. 
So out of 16 carries, he had zero outside runs. So if you're the defense, you just line up inside the tackles and you stay 10 yards and in, and you're going to, the bears aren't going to be able to move the ball. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're just going to smother them. Yeah. Out of, out of the 16 carries that Daryl Henderson had, seven of them were inside the tackle box. So he had nine that went outside the tackles and he ended up with 70 yards, but what it did was just kept, kept the pass rush more honest. They couldn't just rush up field. And then the corners had to watch out for a running back too, a little bit. And then, I mean, the cornerbacks were the cornerbacks anyway. So that was probably more of a benefit for them to not have to cover somebody. Yeah. Well, the Marquis Goodwin came out and basically roasted Nagy and said, you know, you, you played right into their hand and Jalen Ramsey is a, is a great cover uh, guy within five yards or five or 10 yards of this line of scrimmage. And, there he is. And Aaron Donald can take two guys on. So when you run yeah. up the middle and he's yeah. taking on the center and the guard that are where you're running the ball, guess what? It leaves a hole for the linebacker to just climb right down and stop you about three yards deep. We just, we just did everything that we shouldn't have done. And we, this is the first game of the season. How are you not, how are you not prepared? You had seven you, months, seven started, months. Where it started was, they got the kickoff, right? Ran, I think the, it, was a, it was a good, nice run back. They were like the 40-yard line or something. 43. So here, well, their first drive started on the on the Rams' 43-yard line. Yeah, beautiful, right? And then, so then they had a, a couple of nice runs from Montgomery. You were in, you know, in the red zone. You pull in Justin Fields for, what, one play? One, one play. Which makes, why, I don't understand, what's to check a box to get to get to say we did it, right? And then you bring in. Um, Andy Dalton and boom, right? I mean, it, but then the worst part was you had Andy Dalton come back in, and I think everybody lined up, and then they called the timeout. Because they, they didn't decide. He didn't two minutes. Because he didn't decide. Know? He didn't decide quick enough. Guarantee. How do you not know Dalton? Yeah. What Dalton, the hell you're going to run in that situation? Well, Dalton, here's the thing. Yeah, no, you usually exactly. Usually they talk that every main, even every game, not even just the season opener. You script your first 10 to 15 plays. Right. How do you not know what to run? So did Nagy go off script? Was it supposed to be fields twice? Did he go off script? Was everyone was bad planning. It's horrible coaching. I mean, right there, right? As soon as I saw that, I was like, it's going to be that year again. The same year. And 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 that has happened so many times with him where they, uh, you'll, 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 you'll be thinking, uh, I mean, we all do it. You're watching. It's like, boy, this is taking a long time. Then you check the play clock. And it's uh, below ten, if not around five, and, and then there's nobody and then set up. Call yeah. time out. You know, I mean, that just happens. That happens more with the Bears than any other team, any other game I watch. Yeah, I, I don't know. know why. I have, I have no understanding. And it was back when Color was there too, or he would be standing, he'd be looking to the sideline, like, yeah. "What am I doing?" And then they'd have to call time out. And that, you know, well, it's a different. Well, I feel, I feel like it's some so, of it is. I don't know what the issue is. Yeah, it, it's like. But you got people underperforming. I, I'll tell you the best way I heard it described. And I can't remember who it was now. I have one of the national guys. Like, um, and he talked about the Bears. And he said, you know, if you look at was he, he basically called them out for underperforming, you know, that were there, and including some stars. He said, well, we'll probably be upset. He said, if you look at the best two players on the Bears for that game, just, you know, just focus on the one game and say, who are the best? one on defense and one on offense. He said, your best player on offense was Montgomery. Your best player on defense was Roquan Smith. He said, here's the problem. 
One's a running back. He said, when you're looking at impact in this league right now, the running back's not the position. Not there, and the other one is an outside linebacker. And he goes, again, you know, it, it's great to have a good one. He said, but you, there's a whole lot of other positions you'd rather have, you know, starting. So the best two players were positions nobody values. And he goes, it's – he said, you know, you look at running backs, people are using, you know, people who were fifth, sixth-round draft picks, and the, the production isn't that different, you know, from the, right. handful, from the handful of stars. You know that are you know that are there and, and stuff. So it's you, know, you look at guys like Quinn. You know, I mean, what was Khalil Mack doing all game? Yeah, I I saw Donald disrupting all kinds of stuff. I didn't see Mack do anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, Did not notice him in the game. Mm-mm. I don't know if this does this does this move up the time frame for Justin Fields. Then I mean, I, I, no, you want it to. Good, I mean, but no, you don't want it to. Because you well, don't want him to play under Nagy. You want Nagy to be gone, right? Well, not even just that. Like, like think of the hit he took against the Bills with their yeah. second their second string guys in. Like, yes, he's more athletic and he can escape some, but eventually he's gonna get absolutely clobbered. Yeah. Now, if you're a Bears fan, you don't you don't want him to play at this point. Boy, I, I wouldn't. The best thing you can do, and I know this is gonna sound horrible and sucks to say. The best thing you can do is probably start 0-4 or 0-5. And, and now, after seeing – I think they have a little shot. I was going to say, after seeing <laughs> after seeing that secondary, I was already thinking that they might be 2-3, and 2-4 and four mm-hmm. coming out of this. Well, Cincinnati torched the Vikings secondary. Yeah. With T. Higgins and Jamal Chase – or Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. like – do you really have confidence that the Bears are going to be able to stop them throwing the ball? And then you have Joe Mixon, who's a better running back than Daryl Henderson. Yeah. Yeah, Mixon, with him, it's just all about as he focused. Obviously, last week he was. So let's, yeah, let's talk about an underrated running back, too. That guy. No, oh, because he's on your fantasy, fantasy team? That year well, yeah, well, but, I mean, he just does it, right? He's one of those that nobody really wants, because maybe because he's on the Bengals and Bengals are. Well, some of it's that. I think some of it's more personal stuff because of what he did in college. Yeah, he's, he's not a likable guy. <laughs> but then you look you look at the Lions too, and you get a little nervous now, right? Well, I, Lions, I, I was like, I can't see them getting a win, and then now I'm like, yikes! I don't know. The only thing about the Lions is that they did give up what 55 points or whatever it was. Uh, 41. 41, 41, 41, whatever. 41, 33. But yeah, yeah they, like they scored, 30, they scored 33 though. Yeah. I know, I know, but but just the point, like, you know, you would hope that you're you actually have a pass rush that might When's be able the last to get time there. The Bears put up 33 points. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't even know if Mitch ever did. I mean, what do we average? 17, whatever it is. It's, and, and not only do we average 17, but it's always right around 17. It's it's not like it's not like 45 and 10. It's right under that league, that league average of like 22 or something, right? Like, if you're 22 or 23 and you have a decent defense, you can win any game. But man, we were always like 18, 20, 21, something like that. You know, it's like not, not good. No, I think, I think they're in for, I think they're in for a rough start. And see, I agree with you. If you put, if you put Fields in it now, he's going to try and make that extra play. That's going to get you a first down that is meaningless at this point. You know, and he kept talking about he, he's got to, 
stop spinning and stuff like that because he did that in college. He's going to spin into an Aaron Donald somewhere. Oh, yeah. sometimes it's just going to be a big splat. You know? yeah. so, but you, like, yeah, I get that. But at the same point, he, what, are, what are we gaining by having him sit on the bench in a season where we obviously know we're not going to win the Super Bowl? The only, the only thing I'm not there. I, I don't understand. I mean, you know, we know we're not a great team. So let's get him the experience. Let's get him. I mean, he can't, he does get to learn how to be a pro behind a guy who is, who's actually a really good pro in Andy Dalton. Yeah. Like he, he's a professional when it, like. He's not going to embarrass you. No, no, he's got, he's had, he has three, 4,000 yard seasons under his belt. Like he, he's been through the league. He knows what he's doing. He gets to learn from that. You just want Nagy out of there. So he's not, you know. I mean, if you look at the last guys who have sat places and stuff like that, I mean, it was it was you know Aaron Rodgers who sat you know for what three years behind Favre, mm-hmm. and they said they went there. There were three of them. Well, Mahomes sat in Kansas City yeah. for a year. I mean, if you look at the most recent, so so I mean, it's you know. Yeah, he's gonna have to go in there at some point and take take some lumps. It's just you know, he's how big are those lumps? And uh, and with the Bears' situation at left tackle, I mean, yeesh. Um, well, I don't know. Um, yeah, a thirty-nine-year-old guy might not be playing this week. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a real dilemma. It's a real chat. I mean, what what do you do? Yeah, you, you know, it's a it's an opportunity to get him in there, but do you want to get him up, killed? You picked up nobody off the waiver wire. At the end, there wasn't one offensive lineman out there better than what you have. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised at that. I mean, nobody's saying you're gonna pick up a star, but she's just somebody serviceable. Well, there, there was a good story in the Tribune today, uh, about or uh, sometimes, uh, and they were talking about how, uh, uh, I think it was the 49ers and then somebody else, how they filled their. Uh, left tackle vacancies, and one of them got uh, Orlando Brown, and then the Chiefs. Was it uh, the Chiefs got the Chiefs? Orlando Brown? Yeah, and then the 49ers traded. Oh, the 49ers traded for uh, Trent Williams from Washington, and he sat uh, a whole year, but then has been the best left tackle since he came back. Yeah, so yeah. Um, you know there there are you know other teams that are I don't know if I'd say being creative, and you know, but. Uh, it, they're not in the same situation the Bears are. I mean, you know, they they turned. I mean, Leno was not. Uh, he wasn't going to be All Pro, but he was. Uh, he was dependable. He was there all the time. Well, that's the thing. Get him out of here. Yeah. You let yeah you you let two guys walk for two inexperienced guys, and then that one inexperienced guy, you draft, and then you say, oh yeah, he's kind of had this issue the whole time. We knew about it. Now he's had season and <laughs> yeah. surgery. So yeah. that's why he was dropping down the line. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Ryan Pace, smartest guy in the room again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, well, it's the whole it's the whole Rams and Rams in 2014 drafting Todd Gurley coming off a blown knee and saying, hey, we got him at 10. Oh, yeah, you're setting him up for when you move to L.A. Perfect. Mm-hmm. But it's just. I mean. The receiver comes just tied to Phillies, by the way. Yeah, and the Reds just tied the Pirates. <laughs> and the Cardinals are in the process of uh, giving up uh, a bunch of runs because they let Andrew Miller begin the uh, huh. seventh inning. 
Yeah. And he promptly gave up a, and, a single, an infield single. Yeah, but it's now it's now it's Lindor and Baez who are like oh for both oh for the series. So besides Baez's home run yesterday. That could be the most expensive double play combination ever. Yeah. That doesn't hit 240. <laughs> <Yeah>. Combined. Combined. <laughs> and oh, Lindor almost just lined out into a double play. <laughs> and they're they might challenge it. Sosa thinks he beat the guy back to second on a soft liner. We'll see. But so here's the other telling sign. Um, here's your receiving yards and receiving for everybody, right? So Marquise, I'm, not having, I'm not having fun talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that out there, all right? Just, <laughs> We're going to move on to the picks. We're going to move on. It's it's not meant to be fun right now. I got, this, our, I, I got our number one wide receiver as my number as my number one receiver. So I and I, and I almost thought about benching him this week. Matt, it's um, okay though because there are only uh, and I'll even throw the bye week in there. There are only seventeen more weeks left of this, so it, we're it. just Matt, about. Matt, look at it on the bright side. <laughs> look at it on the bright side. They are tied for the division lead. Yeah. Thank God. We'll get to we'll get we'll talk about one other game. We'll get talk about two, right? Well, no, we'll talk about the the ones that we we'll talk about the ones we made our picks for. So we'll get to them all. Um, but so here's your here's your list of just listen to this. So Marquise Goodwin led the team with four receptions for 45 yards. He had four targets. Cole Komet, five catches for 42 yards. He had seven targets. Yeah, why are we not getting him more? Uh, Allen Robinson, six six receptions, 35 yards, 11 targets. Six uh, receptions, 35 yards. That, that is – that yeah, they should his, be embarrassed. His long was a nine, nine yards, and on that nine yards, he had four yards of yak. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't 11 yards. Well, it's like a Marquise, Marquise Goodwin had his longest was nine or 19 yards, 12 yards of yak. <laughs> Cole Komet, his long was 10, seven yards of yak. Yeah, that, that ain't the way. And that's how you end up with 16 or 18 play drives or whatever it was. Here, here's the best one, the, the one that I find the best. Damian Williams, four catches, 28 yards, five targets, his longest run was 11 yards. On that reception, his yak was 11 yards. <laughs> it was a swing pass. Yeah. Why did receiver screen? And then, so you had Mooney five. Mooney had uh, seven targets, five catches for 26 yards. Uh, Bird had three targets, three catches for 19 yards. Jimmy Graham one catch for 11 yards on two targets. Montgomery one catch on one target for ten yards, and yeah, his yeah. his yak was nine and a half because it was and a Jimmy Graham pass. money well spent. Yeah, I, I'm just looking up and on the Bears' schedule, and I'm I'm trying to see where the wins are going to come. You know, I had them, <laughs> I had them at eight, nine, somewhere in there. I, oof, boy, I said I had them at seven, and I'm now regretting seven. I mean, like Grand, I had the Packers lose. this bad. I don't know. No, we, could we take a game from the Packers? The Lions will probably end up splitting with. But no, I told you, yeah, we're going to be in Disney and watching the Bears get handled on, on Thanksgiving because that's just what happens. Yeah. yeah. And then they got the Giants <laughs> late in the season. That might be a win. But other than that, 
Yeah, Giants pretty we bad. Split with the Vikings. Maybe. No. Ugh. I mean, next this so week will be five, this week will five wins. So good. This week will be very telling with how they do against Cincinnati. Yeah. Because Cincinnati took Minnesota to overtime, and that was actually a very good game. It was, yeah, it was a great. It was, it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you know, Pittsburgh, the Raiders, the Bucks, the 49ers. You're not winning. You're not beating anybody in the NFC West. No. Mm-hmm. And you're probably who's going to cover Darren Waller, right? You know, like what are we? Yeah. Who's going to cover DeAndre Hopkins or Christian Kirk? <laughs> Christian Kirk, yeah. Or now, who's going to cover Dabo Samuel in San Francisco? Oh yeah, Jesus. Like it's they got a tough. I mean, you look at it now, yeah, really season. Who's going to cover Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf? No, I'm nobody. Nobody's on the team today. <laughs> Kindle Vildor. <laughs> Like it's, uh, I had hope in the Steelers that beat. Like you're lucky. So if you if you go off of obviously week one is overreaction, right? It's always that next week everything's yeah, an overreaction. That's what we need to but but if you actually if you actually look at it, you probably now like watching this and then watching the way the NFC West played, you're probably not beating anybody in the NFC West. Watching this and watching the way the AFC North played, you're probably not, you maybe steal Cincinnati. You're not beating the Browns. You're not beating the Steelers. You're not beating the Ravens. No, I mean the Browns. I think that was probably the one team that surprised me the absolute most. Watching them play, you know, it was. Well, they've been getting better every year. Yeah, I just I felt like they played within themselves. They didn't make very many mistakes. Eventually, you make five you know top draft choices every year. Eventually, you're gonna hit on a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll go over everybody's balances for the pick six because that's where I was going. We we're gonna segue into that. So um, I am leading the pack in a uh, minus four fifty in the in the <laughs> negative way. In the negative way, I got a total of I got a total of one one right. And that was the over in the Chiefs uh, Browns game. This does not bode well for me. Uh, oh no, 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 no! I meant leading the pack isn't like the worst. I was the most negative. Oh, 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 oh. okay. I thought you were the best. <laughs> uh, Dave, Dave is the second most negative at minus two forty. He hit on the over in the Chiefs game. He hit on the over in the Bears game, and he hit on the under in the Miami game. So I got three out. Yes, but because of the money totals, yep. Matt is uh, a minus 180 because he uh, took Vegas plus four and a half. They hit, and he took – the big one for him was uh, winning 260 off of the uh, – well, 160 plus his money back off of the Eagles money line over the Falcons. That's another one. I'll tell you what. I think the Eagles are going to have a great year. I'm, I just feel comfortable with them. But and Keith is a minus $30. He lost yes. only his uh, only his extra fees. No, wait, but but I, I thought I only hit on like one. one you hit one. on three. You hit on the over of the Chiefs-Browns. Oh. You okay. hit on the uh, Rams money line. 
Um, and you hit on Vegas at plus four and a half. Oh man, it's time for me to dump this PR gig and uh, go to <laughs> Vegas. You can only you only lose thirty bucks a week. Look at that. <laughs> That's all I have that. to bet. <laughs> Explain that one. I found a new career. I only make minus thirty dollars a week. But I don't have to spend any gas. It's okay. Yeah, I can just I'll... do it all from online. That's right. <laughs> So well, okay. all right now, at least for week one, I can see why none of us are gamblers. Boy, no doubt. <laughs> so let's talk about some of these, right? So uh, we all got screwed by a Chris Godwin fumble on Thursday night at the goal line. Because uh, if he gets in, they're up nine, and I don't think that then changes from nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 you guys all had Buffalo minus six and a half. I was very iffy on who was actually going to win the game, but I thought for sure there was going to be more than 32 points scored. And that, that didn't happen either. So we were way off on that. I'm really comfortable with Buffalo. I mean, I, you know, I know, I know the Steelers had a good defense, but I just thought Buffalo would come in. The only reason is points, even late game or something, you know, just cover that. The only reason I was hesitant to do the Buffalo bet was they read off so you follow some of these like betting sites or like listen to some of these people. Now that every sports avenues talks about sports betting since it's legal, right? Well, every commercial now yeah. I mean, what sports is a betting. Oh commercial. my god, yeah. And I just felt they were jinxing Josh Allen so much. He was undefeated against the spread against top ten defenses in his career, fifteen and zero. And I was like. Eventually, numbers average out. Like they, they average out eventually, right? Well, and the other thing I saw with him that was there, and I think it was kind of across the board with some of your better players. I think these guys that didn't play it down during the preseason, mm-hmm. and there's a whole crap load of them. I watched Josh Allen, and he was just, you know, he was two feet behind the, you know, the, you know where the ball should have been. It was, it wasn't that he, he was awful. But the, the timing just wasn't – it wasn't well, his, there. Yeah, he overthrew a couple of receivers, too, that were like – His if, line if was, also – was connected, it would have been a very different game. His line yeah. also looked a little off, too. Like, they weren't fully in sync. They were – like, J.J. Watt – or not J.J. Watt. T.J. Watt missed the entire preseason, too. And, yes, I know he's – he might win defensive player of the year, but there's no reason he should be in the backfield on every play two seconds in. Like, they just seemed out of sorts, too, on – where to slide the protection and where to chip with the tight end and all of that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, uh, Dave. I mean, when nobody plays in the preseason, uh, this is essentially the preseason. And uh, I know watching the Packers game and they, they talked about it uh, when they showed the defense, they were down there on the goal line and they were just grabbing yeah. their, yeah, as they call it uh, in basketball, grabbing their shorts, right? They're yeah, all they just, were just, dying and it was the first now granted they're playing in jacksonville where humidity's off the charts and and everything but still um for the first half uh they they were just that was it they were done one other thing i saw in the packers game we'll see if it holds if it holds up here so then and i've got mr rogers is one of my two quarterbacks in the fantasy team was it just me or did he look not upset 
that it was go everything was going to be shitter. No, that, no, that's, that's the whole narrative. I don't think. So. I don't think. I think he was just trying to play it cool. I think he was. So he was on Pat McAfee's show today, yesterday, and he got Pat McAfee asked him about. It. He goes, "No," he goes, "I've just learned it's." It goes back to when I first told everybody to relax that he goes in 2012. He goes, it's one game. We have 16 more. He goes, I knew I was off the entire day. I just felt it. So I wasn't going to get pissed. And then he talked about the interception. He goes, you know what the worst part was? That interception of Devontae Adams. He goes, uh, Cameron Jordan came around the corner. And when he dove, his his right fist hit me right in both nuts right as I went to go throw the ball. <laughs> he goes, so not only did I throw a pick because I was off on my timing, I also got a nut shot. <laughs> I mean, I a lot of people are saying the whole disengaged or like is he trying to do it on purpose? Mm. No, I, don't think, I don't think he was trying to do it on purpose. Yeah, no, I don't think But I, I've seen him go into rants and raves and it, he's not always Mr. Calm either. You no, know, but and, I think I think he realized the whole offense, the whole team just seemed off. And yeah, there, they were not just, there. It was just one of those days. Yeah. There were 11 minutes left in the game when he gets pulled. You know, a guy making 40 million gets pulled. Yeah. pulled. That's, that's not good. But yeah, so that was a uh, Jameis for the win. Nobody, Keith had the Packers minus his four and a half. So that turned out. <laughs> It turned out well. Yeah, I was this close. <laughs> it was almost. It was almost as bad as my bet of Jacksonville minus three and a half in Houston. Because Tyrod Taylor all of a sudden became Deshaun Watson, and Mark yeah. Ingram channeled. Yeah, what was it? How many? Adrian games? Foster. I don't know. Thirty carries or something. What did he have? Yeah, so much for David Johnson and Philip Lindsay that everybody was talking about being the guys for them. It was Mark Ingram. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, and, and speaking of Winston and uh, Rogers, we probably got to rethink uh, all of our predictions uh, on interceptions and touchdown passes because uh, wow. they even commented on it during the game how uh, the one pass Winston threw out of bounds on purpose. Usually you know? he forces it in and throws yeah. a pick. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, so yeah, Rogers got a lot of catching up to do. What, what were we picking? 45, uh, 40, 48 and a half, I believe it was. Ooh. I'll go back and look at that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Winston has fallen into the perfect situation. Oh, no doubt. And, and I'm no longer any, any concerned about Alvin Kamara. Yeah. No. <laughs> he <Yeah>. looks fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I got Kamara and Jameis. <laughs> Fitzpatrick hurt me in this week's yeah. fantasy. His his total of 0. 0.2 points before he tore his dislocate whatever he did to his well, I got one for, I got one for Aaron Rodgers so I don't <laughs> I feel your pain <laughs> yeah but you you didn't get zero from a wideout who was supposed to be the primary wide receiver for the 49ers who hung 49 points yeah Brandon Ayuk that was odd and then it comes out to say oh well, he didn't take preseason and training camp serious enough and now he's behind the eight ball he said that no uh Kyle Shannon handed. Oh, good. It's not like – did anybody hear the Julio Jones get lit into by uh, Vrabel? Oh, I, I saw – I didn't hear the whole thing. Oh, he, he put star wide receiver week one on, on notice like that. He has – Julio Jones probably hasn't been yelled at like he was by Vrabel since he was with Nick Saban in Alabama. No, he was treated like a god in Atlanta even mm-hmm. when he wasn't. Yeah. 
But so the last game we'll talk about before, well, we'll, t- we'll touch on the madness that was in Vegas. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the shootout that happened in uh, Arrowhead, too. Yeah. Like. It was a lot of fun. That was a fun game. I don't, I don't think either one of those two teams in their Vegas game do a thing for me. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I just. The Raiders defense looks a lot better than I thought it was going to look with Max Crosby coming off the edge now that he's sober. Well, if that holds up, that's a big, it's a big deal. There's, there's no question. Better than it was. But, again, the offense should have been – on the other side should have been better than that. Well, yeah, that and, also and, goes into the fact of the injuries and no Marcus and, Peters either. And Gruden thinking that, you know, Derek Carr is in the – in the same level with some of the elite quarterbacks in the league. I, I don't know what he's thinking. I just well, John Gruden is the biggest, yeah. that's the greatest guy ever guy. Cause he said, Darren Waller's the best player he's ever coached in the NFL. Well, and he obviously thinks that because uh, Carr's first uh, 82 passes in the game were to <laughs> him. I was like, man, oh man, come on. I mean, yeah, the no. only good thing about Gruden thinking that way is we don't get Justin Fields if they're taking our quarterback last year. Yeah, you do. You just give up your next first round pick, also. Not just one of them. <laughs> well, we don't have a, we don't have another first rounder until twenty one ten or something. <laughs> <laughs> the team that you know, supposedly wasn't looking for a quarterback, the New York Giants traded us their pick, and they're yeah, probably they, yeah. a quarterback, right? They could they could use a quarterback. They could use. Yeah, he, he's younger, but he's he's just. Got a few more years to be bad before he yeah, they they they, they could use a quarterback yeah. unless Eli's coming out of retirement, <laughs> which according to our fantasy league he's still on the board for a draft pick. So maybe <laughs> maybe he is. But so the stat that I found unreal was that when Patrick Mahomes threw that touchdown to Tyreek Hill to take the lead. That was that marked it to where every single game Mahomes has played in, at some point in time, the Chiefs had had the lead. Every single game he's played in. Yeah, it's pretty uh, impressive. Like that's that, that's crazy. That's oh. and he's he's had he has nine comeback wins from ten or more. The only one he didn't come back in where the Chiefs have been down ten or more and law and. They lost was the Super Bowl last year. Like that's it just shows. I mean, and yeah, his, his line was just outmanned in that game. That was, it goes all the way back to him counting how many draft picks he was taking behind Trubisky last year in Chicago. <laughs> I gotta admit, I usually don't like some of that stuff. I thought that not only was clever, I thought it was hysterical. Yeah, yeah that's pretty clever. <laughs> yeah. But so we'll move on to uh, this week's version of pick six. Yeah. Um, so I sent five, and then you guys were able to pick any of the six games from anywhere. Yep. Oh, crap. Oh, okay. So let's see. So we got that up right now. So we'll go down. We'll just go down the list of the way I have it listed right now on or in my chat. So Keith will be first, Dave, Matt, and then I'll go. 
So, Keith, we'll start with the uh, game tomorrow night. The aforementioned uh, Daniel Jones-led fumbling Giants against the uh, nameless Washington football team who might bring in Cam Newton after this week. Yeah, I, man, this one is uh, – talk about not having a clue. Uh, so, I'm going to – I think this is going to be like a 10-9 uh, uh, game. So, I'm going to go with the uh, under <laughs> – that is not a bad play. Not a bad play at all. <laughs> Dave? This is Washington and New York, right? Yes. I'm going Washington minus the four. Okay. Hmm. Matt? Thank you. I, I'm following Keith's, Keith's roll there. I think we're, I'm going and picking the under on that one. I, I uh, did the same. The under... Now, granted, I only hit one bet all all last week, but uh, <laughs> still, I want to change. <laughs> the yeah, just start fading me. We'll see if it's if it's another bad week. Maybe I'll just start going first and see if you guys fade me and see see what everybody everybody does. Wouldn't that just be a betting strategy, though. I mean, if you know, it is. I have a buddy who tried to become a uh, big time betting guy. He wanted to like rival. Well, it's Pat. His name's Phil Maroon. It's Pat Maroon's brother. He wanted to try to rival Dave Portnoy. And so for a while, he was on a very cold streak. So he started a hashtag, fade, fade Philly Phil was the hashtag. So he just took all the bets that he was not – or the opposite of him, and guys were winning like hundreds of dollars a night because yeah. they were fading him. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I got. Pick the opposite. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a cut. I'll tell you what my gut says or my head says. and. Uh, We'll go from there. So, Keith, moving on to the uh, the Bears game. Cincinnati is a – or the Bears are a three-point favorite against Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Cincinnati. I, I'm just not feeling it with Bears here. Dave? Okay, now I just want to make sure because I have both of them circle here. So if I if if Cincinnati wins outright, I, off hundred bucks you get one forty five, right? No, if you bet that, if you're going to take them with the points, even if they win outright, you just only win the hundred. Okay. So if you think they're just going to win, no matter what, like theoretically, you can win a bet if Cincinnati loses by two points if you take them with the three points. But if you think oh, they're yeah. going to win, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking uh, with the points, not straight up. Just, yeah, um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm taking. I, I was debating between the two. I was looking for somewhere where I could make some money, but uh, you make up for some of it and stuff like that. I'm. If it was two and a half. I'd take. I would. I would. I'd probably go that way, but I'm going to take Cincinnati with the three. Okay, Matt. Um, <clears throat> I think I think I'm gonna. I think I'm just gonna take the under. All right. I yeah, too. Uh, see, I was afraid of the under just because. I don't know. Twenty-one, twenty-one, and a field goal puts you right. Like, but the Bears won't get twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be nice. I was trying to be nice. Do you think the Bears are going to be able to keep 30 off the board for the Bengals if they just throw the ball all over the field? 
I have I have I have the Bengals outright. So that is my bet: is the Bengals outright to win? I almost if it was two. I said if it, if it was two and a you know if that if that line wasn't wasn't three. But I yeah. just, I don't know. Like I just feel there are so many things floating around in Chicago right now when it comes to the Bears that I just don't think it's going to go. I think it's going to be too big of a distraction. So the next game we got is the uh, game of the week on Fox. It is the Dallas Cowboys at SoFi Stadium playing the Chargers. Chargers are two and a half point favorites. Keith, who you got? Uh, I'm I'm gonna do the uh, do the over on that one. Matt, yeah, um, boy, that's a that's a tough one. I, I think I'm gonna take. I think I'm gonna take Dallas in the points. So give me Dallas plus you know two and a half. Plus two and a half. All right. Dave. I'm taking you over. I too am uh I think this is Herbert throwing the ball all over the field and uh the way the Cowboys weren't able to stop the Bucks, I think it's you know, or with the way they throw the ball over the field too. I have the over. Um, the Sunday night game, Baltimore, Kansas City. On the road, the Chiefs are giving two and a half points. Keith, who you got? Well, I don't know. That that's a tough one. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the uh, over on that one as well. Matt, well, I will take um, I'll take Kansas City to win. All right, was that bet 100 win 150? No, you bet 150 to win 100. Oh, 150 win 100, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, give me give me the then I'll take the uh, I'll take the Chiefs with give the it, points. With the points, yeah, give them two and a half. Dave? I'm taking the under. And the reason I'm, I'm taking the under is like I'm, take, I'm looking at this as a, a, a game of you've got two pretty good defenses that take the ball away. I think there'll be some turnovers. I also think there's going to be a lot of long drives. So you're not going to have the number of possessions that you make normally have in some of the other games. So I'm going to roll the dice on. I'm going with the under. I was close to taking the under also. A little different thinking. I was thinking the Ravens just had a heartbreaking loss. They're going to coming off Monday night. Then they're playing Sunday night. They don't, you know. They scored a decent amount of points, but gave up a decent amount of points. But the Raiders' D isn't great. The Chiefs have a better D. So I was like, oh, the, I could see the Chiefs jumping out to a 30 to 10 lead and then it just freezing yeah, for the fourth them. quarter. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, we'll take the Chiefs minus two and a half just because just I don't know. Lamar might get hot and find a couple wideouts or run the ball for a little bit. So I have the Chiefs minus two and a half. Um, and then we're on to the Monday night game. Cowboys uh, minus 10 and a half. Or not the Cowboys, sorry. Packers minus 10 and a half. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going uh, Packers. Uh, 
uh, with the with the points because uh, I think that Rogers is just going to the whole team, but Rogers for sure is going to come out uh, just going bonkers here, and uh, I don't think this will be close. Matt, I don't. I mean, I, don't, I just don't like ten and a half. That's not. Ooh. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, uh, but it's Detroit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, 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 Let's. I'll. Uh, I'll go. I'll. I'll take the. I'll take the over. Because yeah, I think Green Bay is just gonna. Like, even if they're up by twenty, they're still gonna just keep rolling because they're just gonna start hanging on them. Why not just say, oh yeah, well we just you know we just beat Detroit by forty points. Like you know, shut up, <laughs> Dave. I'm taking the over also, but I tell you, if this game was at Detroit. I didn't take it to ten and a half. I think Packers, I'm with the Packers. Look so freaking bad. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm with Keith. I think it's gonna be. It's it's the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour. I think is gonna start this Monday night, and the Lions are just happen to be the team that's gonna get yeah. it the worst. It's like gonna be the first victim. It's like Ohio State playing whoever the heck they're playing this week. I think it's uh, – they play Tulsa. Like, Tulsa is just going to, like – Yeah. That's good luck, Tulsa. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I got I got the Packers hmm. minus 10.5. So, now we're on to the uh, you call it pick. So, Keith, any game, any football, anywhere, what do you got? Uh, you know, I was not prepared, uh, so I prepared in the last uh, two minutes here. So <laughs> I am—I uh, forgot about that—that uh, that, uh, one. I'm going to go with um, uh, the Buccaneers against the Falcons, uh, taking the uh, uh, or giving the points or whatever. Uh, now, what I'm seeing here is they're a 12 and a half point favorite. Um, but Falcons are so bad that. Uh, that's... That will not be pretty. Tied the women and children. <laughs> uh, so you said you're seeing 12 and a half? That, um, as I'm looking at the ESPN uh, schedule. So I'm going to go off of – I kind of prepped this week, and I grabbed pretty much every single college game and every single NFL game with the line total. Mm-hmm. So I got that one for you. will be – Minus 22 or something? <laughs> minus no at the time it was minus 12 okay yeah so um, you're yeah. you're getting still, a half still good. Yeah, yeah you're getting a half a point there so um so you got bucks minus 12 okay got it in matt uh yeah i think boy you know i think i'll take I really liked what I saw from the from the Rams, and I, I think this line against the Colts. I'll, I'll take the Rams, given three and a half. All right, Dave, thinking forty nine ers minus three. All right, so I'm the only one that went outside the NFL. Uh, 
I will I will be doing some Northwestern games coming up, but I wanted, I wanted to see one more. There's a big one in the SEC, and I don't think I really need to see any more from this team. Um, Alabama travels to Florida and is minus – they're laying 15 and a half points, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Alabama, and I'm giving up this. They're going to win by more than 16. This is It's going to be a statement game for Saban, and, uh, yeah, I, I just – yeah. There's there's nobody that's going to compete with Alabama all year, I don't think. No. So so I got I got uh Alabama. Just be glad they're not in the NF, in the NFC North. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Whew. It might not be it might not be good. <laughs> so. All right, so just to recap this real quick. Uh so we got Keith has the under in the Thursday night game between the Giants and Washington football team. He's got the Bengals plus three, the over in the Kansas or the Dallas game, Dallas uh, Chargers game, the over in the Chiefs Ravens game, Packers minus ten and a half, and Tampa minus twelve. Yep. We got Matt having the under in the Thursday night game, the under in the Bears Bengals game. Correct? You said the under, right? That's correct. All right. The uh, he's taken the two and a half points with the Cowboys against the Chargers. He's given two and a half points with the Chiefs against the uh, Ravens. He's taken the over in the Packers Lions Monday night game, and he's got the Rams minus three and a half in Indy. Dave has the Washington football team given the four points on Thursday night. He's got the Bengals taking the three points. He's got the over in the Chargers-Cowboys game, the under in the Chiefs-Ravens game on Sunday night. He's got the over in the Packers-Lions game on Monday night, and he's got the 49ers given three points in Philly. And then I have the under in the Thursday night game the Bengals to win outright in Chicago. Uh, I have the over in the Chargers Cowboys game, given the two and a half points for the Chiefs, given the 10 and a half points for the Packers, and giving 15 and a half points for roll damn tide against the Gator Chomp. Good luck to you. <laughs> it's the CBS afternoon game, and Saban's going to have those guys. If they're 15 points could be they could be eaten up in the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, possible. They were nine, they were 19 and a half point favorites against Miami, and I took them and they won by 27 or something like that. And Miami was a ranked team at like 18, like Florida's, I think, 13 or something, and Alabama's Alabama. So it's uh now granted, you know, all that takes is a couple defensive stops and late touchdowns in garbage time to kill 16 points. Yeah. But that's what you call a bad beat then, if that's the case. But, all right, guys, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it going. Sounds good. We're See you guys. Good night, guys. Getting yeah. closer. We'll know, we'll know even more on baseball in another week again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, well, the, the Pirates just beat the Reds 5-4. Yeah, and the Cardinals are now up uh, because of a 
home run from Edmundo Sosa, uh, a triple by Tommy Edmond, and a base hit by uh, Lars Tatsui Nupar. There we uh, go. They're, they're up 11-4 right now with in the in the bottom of the eighth. So, yeah, with Phils and Cubs are tied. So, and the, okay. Pod, the Padres are up two nothing. But that's a long. That's in the. That's a, only the end of the top of the first. So, Giants have nine innings to score. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. See you. Right. See you guys. All right. Take care.